Okay. Welcome, Welcome back to Tea is Good, Books Are Better. I am Raven. This is Jess. I realized in our last episode we did not introduce ourselves at the start. We did it at the end. Yeah, we introduced <laughs> ourselves at the end. That's how it works. Oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to heaven by Anne Rice. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Part one, chapter 16. Part one, chapter 16. We will be talking about chapter 16 to 20 in this episode. Yep. So prepare yourselves. Let's start with tea. What tea are we drinking today? It's called Three Ginger Tea. Three Ginger. Uh, ginger, licorice, turmeric in it. Could be stronger, but it's good. Yeah. I said stay in 15 minutes. I'm like, for 15 minutes for tea? Oh, you could just Thanks. leave the tea bag in. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't anything of this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I like ginger tea. Oh, it's, I'm not going to put that in my mouth. It's not that hot. Eh. It's steaming up my nose. I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I you did just get a lip piercing, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chapter 16. Let's just jump right into it. Every night for the remainder of the carnival, Tonio goes back to see Caffarelli perform. He won't even peek at any other opera house because he's so enchanted by Caffarelli. The Gastrato's performance was always different, and he had a, an air of boredom and eternal restlessness that Tonio finds alluring. Ooh. Mm-hmm. There is a moment one night when the composer scolds Caffarelli, saying, You never sing what I've written. And Caffarelli responds with, Then write what I sing. <laughs> and that's an alpha move if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, that's great. What is it? Big dick. Uh, big dick. What's it? Big dick air? Big dick aura? Big dick. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what Man. you're trying to say. Something I saw. Hmm. But I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> Um, another night, Tonio confesses his fear to Alessandro that he will find the trashy house dreary after a while, he being Alessandro. But Alessandro says he didn't grow up in a magnificent palazzo, and he might find it dreary if he's there a hundred years. Antonio says he wants him there forever, which is really cute. Aww. He loves him. Tonio loves Alessandro. Yeah. So, Tonio sees a bunch of women around Caffarelli all the time, and he thinks about the castrato in bed with them. He then wonders what he would do with these women, because he's been getting inviting looks from them as well. Ooh. Yeah. He also pretty good looking for a 14-year-old. Well, Carlo was supposed to be really good looking, and yeah, he looks he like Carlo, Carlo so. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's a noble. True. That would get some women looking in his direction. Mm-hmm. Uh... But he refuses to fail his father. Uh, Loyalty. Yeah. Would just sleeping with someone be failing his father? If he knocked her up. Yeah, I guess so. And they didn't really have... Like, I think he needs his own children with a wife before he can start having bastards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Tonio wants the carnival to go on forever, but summer is approaching, which means the carnival will end soon and all the people will go home and he'll be alone again. 
And I wrote, oh no. And there's like a sad face. Mm. Oh, he's so worried. He just doesn't want to be alone. This poor kid. Yeah. Stuck in this giant ass mansion with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. One morning when the end of the carnival is close, Alessandro comes to Tonio's room with coffee and tells him his father is proud of him. Mm. Everyone has been telling Andrea that Tonio is a perfect gentleman. <laughs> Tonio hasn't been able to see his father at all. There are people coming and going from his room. <laughs> Holy fuck. Seriously, drinking tea, just like, God. Yeah. I'm not even positive which end that came out of. That's a bridesmaid's joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, bridesmaids being the movie. <laughs> haven't seen that. You haven't seen Bridesmaids? No. Bitch. Never got around to it. It's on Netflix. It's so funny. Like, I'm thinking, like, should I watch it? Yes. Like, the yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's so fun. That. It's super funny. It's so good. Just watch it. Okay. <laughs> uh, fuck, where was I? Andrea is proud of Tony. Okay. Tonio hasn't been able to see his father. Oh, yeah. I've, I've gotten here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't been able to see his daddy at all. There are people coming and going from his room. Remember, he sprained his ankle. So Andrea yeah, and he's is not recovering, from and he's that. not recovering, which clearly yeah. like age is hitting him hard. His body seems to be failing him a little mm-hmm. bit. So some of the visitors are attorneys, some are old friends. Tonio does not like it. Of course not. You know what that's saying. If all he's all he's seeing is um, lawyers and old friends, like they're saying goodbye. Hey, fuck, you're right. <laughs> He had thought maybe after the long night of talking with his father that he would see him more frequently, but that wasn't the case. Even though his dad's bedridden, he hasn't really been seeing his papa any more often than usual. No. But that morning, Alessandro asks Tonio if he's ever seen the Villa Lissani near Padua. Then he tells him to pack all his things because they're staying there all summer. We're going, bitch! (laughs) He also tells Tonio to, again, make his tutors feel, feel important. Because they're still worried about being dismissed. Tonio is super pumped, super excited, and so is Alessandro. He's going to actually be able to go on a trip, not just, mm-hmm. like, out to the piazza, but, like, out into the world a little bit. Yeah, they're leaving Venice. Mm-hmm. But I have a bad feeling <laughs> that terrible things are going to happen mm-hmm. while he's gone. <clears throat> that is the end of chapter 16. What did you write for 16? I wrote Caffarelli. It's a fucking diva. <laughs> and they're like, just the beginning of the chapter. Like, he seems like so snobby. Yeah. <laughs> just the the way he talked to the yeah, fucking, what's his name? Not just his um, composer, composer, but like yeah. other people, like servants and whatnot. Like, I thought he was like mm. really diva I'm too good to be here. Yeah. You guys don't deserve me. <laughs> right? That kind of thing. I just thought he was a funny character. Mm-hmm. He's a great character. A shitty person, but a shitty great person. character. <laughs> Gave me amusement for a couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. God, I love writing characters who are total assholes. <laughs> I bet. I love it. I told Man. you just before we started this podcast that I was writing an astronomer oh, yeah. character. A character who is yeah. an astronomer, or was technically. Um, he's a total asshole, and I love him for it. I bet. Assholes yeah. are fun. Love writing assholes. 
Especially in, like, a comedy setting. (laughs) God, it's so fun. (laughs) All right. Chapter 17. Guido! Back to Guido! (laughs) (laughs) So, the last time we were with Guido, he Mm. tried to kill himself. Yep. And did not succeed. No. So, yes, thank goodness. After the cuts on his wrists healed, he begins teaching at the conservatorio. Mm Mm-hmm. He produces several remarkable pupils and seems to be able to create their voices, even if they have no talent to begin with. But his students all hate him at one point or another. It doesn't really explain why. It's It says that he's really harsh and, like, he's not soft and encouraging and nice. Like, he's very, like, do it this way! Yeah. You fucking suck! <laughs> like that. <laughs> You got no talent. You'll never be anything. Yeah. Like, that kind of... Yeah. No uh, one of those teachers. They're scared of him. Yeah, he's a scary teacher. Yeah. Really harsh and mean. But a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, there are several things that make a good teacher. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about, <laughs> but he doesn't... He's not... <laughs> and he's able to get results. Uh, nice. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> I can see him making kids cry and oh, stuff. He's yeah. one of those teachers. Mm-hmm. He just has no patience, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't care to be nice. Yeah, because he yeah, also loathes his students. <laughs> <laughs> he watches them pass him by, going on to perform operas and oratorios. Mm-hmm. That, like, that was supposed to be his path. So, yeah, so you know. He is a little bit jealous. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he also mentions that he doesn't think they're all that good. Yeah, he's like, I would have rocked this shit, and you're meh. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you guys are all mediocre. Yeah, I you don't deserve to be there. My great voice. So mm-hmm. at least now he has another passion. Continue. I will. Thank you <laughs> for your blessing. <laughs> His life is pain and monotony, and he throws himself into music knowing that if he could just find that one great voice, it would inspire him. But he hasn't found it, and he takes no pride in his students' meager vocal accomplishments. hmm Yeah. On some afternoons, he would go out into the city, where he would drink and allow his misery to fester. But he didn't fully understand his own misery. He wanted passionate and gifted students to pass on his genius to, and he was lonely, as if his voice had been his lover and his lover had abandoned him quite the metaphor but guido was too young and knew a maestro to attract the great singers they would all go to the greatest and most well-established teachers such as porporo who had taught both caffarelli and farinelli so damn this man must be a legend legend if he was caffarelli's teacher yep, he was linked on the wikipedia page when i went on caffarelli. oh so he was real too yeah shit <laughs> This is cool. Yeah. She really did her research. Getting a little bit of history lesson. Yeah. God, my ear is itching. <sighs> Scratch it? I can't. Oh, that one. Oh, I just got piercing. a piercing and I can't itch my ear. I can't piercing. Ah! <laughs> Keep your hand away from it. Okay, it's clean. Okay. If you touched my bed. No, it's not. Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> That's gross. We're sitting on a bed. We have a super ghetto setup here. Please tell them, describe this setup. We're sitting on my mattress. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> microphone. 
mm-hmm. is sitting atop of two books <laughs> on top of so a that it's t- like at a mouth level <laughs> and it's on a chair yeah that's sitting in front of us it's also holding our mugs of tea <laughs> <laughs> yeah super ghetto it's a decent microphone but that's we, about it everything else the, is like shite we don't have the soundproof oh no <laughs> recording studio oh no no we don't <laughs> my laptop is shit also mm-hmm. we're just sitting here in my bedroom mm-hmm. hoping that our voices don't end up too echoey or yeah frail well you're the one with the frail voice <laughs> you need to speak up Thanks talk so. into the mic thanks a lot you're welcome. <laughs> Just trying to oh, help. Word. <laughs> okay. Harsh uh, teachings like Guido. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Guido. <laughs> okay. Guido's masters, although pleased with the opera he had written, would call them either too peculiar or uninspired imitations. Operas he had written, I should say. Uh, so he's writing, he's teaching, but, you know, he's not inspired. Mm-hmm. He knew... Sorry, were you going to say something? Not really. Okay. He knew that in order to get the good students, he would have to produce one first. But as time passed, it proved impossible. So at age 26, my age now, Ooh. he borrowed a small sum of money from his superiors to travel Italy in search of new voices. And I was like, oh my god, this is how Guido and Tonio meet. Oh, oh my god, my oh my god, oh my god. Guido discovers Tonio's magical voice and ends up teaching him, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> so. It's... Yeah, so I was gonna ask, like, oh my gosh, do you like, see, like, the two characters are finally gonna, uh-huh. finally, it's gonna happen. I've been looking out for it this whole time, ever since You're the like, first two why chapters. Why is Guido here? We're why two, different, two characters. different characters. Yeah. Gonna... I was like, when are they're they gonna, gonna meet? Gonna... And how is it gonna happen? And I'm so pumped for this oh shit. My oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, I wrote that I'm really enjoying this slow build-up. Like, pacing-wise. I guess I'm talking yeah, about pacing in the book. Been... It is quite slow. There's a lot of world building. There's yep. a lot of getting to know these a people. A lot of characterization, yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. They're very human, these characters. And mm-hmm. she's really, really yeah, helping you get to know them. I will admit that some of the pacing will probably be too slow for some people. Yeah, um, agreed. Which is fine. Yeah. Some people, you know, need it a bit more fast-paced. Sure. But for me, it's really working. I think in terms of like this specific story yeah i feel like we're getting to know the characters really well the tension is just like growing and growing yeah, slowly mm-hmm. getting more and more taut. tightening like, oh, and tightening oh. yeah um there are little things that are stacking up the thing with carlo andrea being on his deathbed tonio taking the responsibility responsibility of his family <laughs> Uh, whatever was happening with Mariana at the festival, mm-hmm. all of Guido's drama, it's all building and stacking. It's like, slowly it's going to start coming together. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the sense that it's either all going to crumble in one big moment or it's going to fall apart slowly and like chip away at Tonio's psyche. Oh my. So, one or the other. But either way, this is all building up to some big shit. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering why I like this book so much. Mm-hmm. I love Anne Rice. Mm-hmm super well mm-hmm. plotted she is say. an artist she knows what she's doing that's yep. for sure 
that is the end of chapter 17. Okay. Um, chapter 18. <laughs> and we're back to Tonio. So, they've been having a grand old time during the Villegiatura. Mm. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. What? Villegiatura. Villegiat. Oh my. It's the event. Not even going <laughs> to go there. It's the summer interlude in Venice, consisting of long dinners every night, leisurely excursions up and down the Brenta, and musicians coming and going. That's the Villegiatura. Sounds fun. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of like cool events. Yeah, music in the and spring or summertime. It's all of them like whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah, super exciting. On the morning that they were meant to leave to go to Padua, Pad the the Villa Lasani. Yeah. On the morning that Tonio and Alessandro were meant to leave, Signor Lemo came pounding at Tonio's door, asking if his father is with him. Mm-mm. And he isn't. Uh-oh. Lemo then tells Tonio that no one can find him. At first, Tonio doesn't believe him. He's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but it becomes clear within minutes that the entire house is in turmoil, just looking for Andrea. Oh. At this point, um, I wasn't too worried. <laughs> I was like, eh, he probably just wandered up to the roof to get, like, a breath of fresh air or something. Um, although he is ill, so it makes sense why people yeah. are, like, like he's concerned. Old. He's sick. He's... And he's wandering around Probably going to pass on. And he has mm-hmm. an injured ankle that isn't healing. Yeah. And it's also weird that he would go missing right when his son... Yeah. ...is about to leave. You know? Yeah. Marianne is leaving with them, too. So his son and his wife yeah. are both about to leave. Yep. So he's going to be left alone with just servants. Indeed. So everyone is searching for Papa Tresci. Papa Tresci. Tonio. Uh, he runs up to the roof. He has a strong feeling that this is where he will find him. And I was like, me too, Tonio. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I think he's there. <laughs> uh, he finds an open doorway at the attic floor. A doorway that is always closed and locked. Tonio approaches the doorway, Signor Lemo following him, and he sees Andrea in the room. There are pictures and mirrors in the room, and the roof had broken a long time ago, leaving the floor stained. It smells of mold and neglect. There's a bed and curtains and damaged books. Antonio knows right away that this was Carlo's room, even before seeing the portrait of his brother tossed against the chest at the foot of the bed. So I'm, like, concerned. Like, you have these giant mansions. Is it common for, like, some rooms to fall apart and you just, like, close it off and forget about right? it? Right? It's like, wouldn't that damage, like, water like damage the whole in foundation? The floor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's going on? It reminds me like, of, what's that movie? Red, a crimson peak where the oh. house is fucking falling apart mm-hmm. and it's just like eh we haven't gone around to fixing it <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like if you don't fix it you can ruin the whole house right <laughs> yeah uh so Tonio tells Signor Lemo to wait outside the room and then he goes up to his father who is muttering and making low noises under his breath okay. uh oh so yeah, someone's getting senile. Yeah. Oh shit! This guy seems so composed and smart and articulate. Articulate is that the word? Articulate. Articulate. Yeah. And now he's like coming senile. And it seems like it was such a fast transformation yeah, like, too. Well, like he hasn't seen his papa because his That's dad's been locked away. Yeah, you're right. So like he is falling apart while I guess they were out enjoying the festivities. Yeah. So to Tonio, it seems as dramatic as yeah. it is to us. It's like one minute he's like fine and articulate and he's like telling stories about 
their you family. Know, he gets a cool, calm dad. And the next second, he's, like, standing at the roof with his face all gaunt and his eyes glazed talking over. Talking to himself and, like, muttering under his breath. Really out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrea's face then slowly brightens and he whispers, I mean, I mean, I detest it. And at this point, Tony was pretty terrified. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's happening to his papa. But he just knows that something dreadful is happening. And I'm sorry to tell you, Tonio, but you are right. (laughs) Andrea stammers something about the carnival, and Tonio asks him to come back downstairs. Then Andrea's face starts to twist hideously, and he demands to know how Tonio got into this house without his permission. And Tonio... Good God, that one just literally burst out of me. I'm so sorry. Sounds like a little (laughs) bit of dementia... If he's not recognizing... I thought you were talking about my belch for a second. (laughs) No! (laughs) Talking about Andrea! Yeah, a little bit of If he's not recognizing Tonio, but seeing Carlo instead. (coughs) Yeah, like short-term memory? Yeah, or Alzheimer's. Oncoming Alzheimer's. 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 Yeah. Uh, So Tonio has to remind him that he's Tonio, he's not Carlo. It's a pretty sad moment. Mm -hmm. Andrea finally recognizes Tonio. Antonio asks him to come down to bed once again. Tonio touches his father and notices how thin and frail he feels beneath beneath his robe. Mm-hmm. But Andrea refuses to come back down. So they look out the window together until Andrea says, quote, I think sometimes that it has become an abomination against taste to grow old and die in Venice. Yes, taste, taste. As if all of life were nothing but a matter of taste, you great whore. End quote. <sighs> so at the time i read this i wasn't sure who he was talking to or what he was talking about um but i think he's talking to venice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you great whore yeah. yeah so it's like i don't think he's ready to go he's talking about taste so i was like taste is this how of life or is he concerned about how people are viewing their family because he seems, like, kind of resentful. Yeah, he does. Towards Venice. He does. Venice is also, as he said to Tonio, that it's falling apart, that it's no longer what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And now he's dying and no, there's nothing he can do about it anymore. Yeah. His time has come. So he sounds pretty bitter. Yeah. The taste it. part is what's sticking up to yeah. me the most. It's like... I don't know. Maybe he just wants to be able to live his life with his family without having to worry about what other people think. Maybe. It's all a matter of taste. (laughs) Like, what does it mean? What does it mean, Andrea? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think he's speaking to Venice. Especially when he says, you Mm -hmm. great whore. (laughs) Right? Yeah, he's definitely talking to Venice. Mm -hmm. Then Andrea tells Tonio again that there isn't time to grow up slowly. That he must make up his mind that he is a man now. He says he would have given Tonio an empire, foreign seas, the world, but now that he can, but now he can only give him the promise that he will become a man when he decides to. So, God, it's like he knows that his his death is coming for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. He knows it's almost over. Two hours pass before anyone can convince Tonio to leave for the Brenta. Andrea's back in his room and wants them to go immediately, worried that they're already late. 
But Tonio's obviously concerned about his papa. He doesn't yeah. just want to abandon him when, like, things seem pretty concerning. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely sick. And he's not anywhere near getting better. So of course, Tonio's yeah. like, no, papa. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, at this point, I think it's pretty clear that Tonio's also starting to understand. The gravity? Of yeah. The situation. Like... I see Andrea as Tonio's rock, and he's crumbling. There's no one else who has been so consistent in his life. Mariana Mm. has been all over the place. Yeah, she's... Alessandro... Alessandro's great, but he's new, so they haven't, you know, built that level of trust, I would say. And respect. Mm -hmm. He does respect and love him, but not in the way that he admires and loves his father. Yeah, it's not the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Hooey! I know, right? Uh, Okay. So, Senor Lemo takes Tonio aside and tells him that his father is in pain and doesn't want him or Mariana to see him this way. That'll explain why he locked himself away for so many days. Yes. And that Tonio shouldn't show that he's worried and that Lemo will send for him if there's any great change in Andrea while Tonio's gone. Mm -hmm. As they cross the dock, Tonio has to choke back tears as he sees his father up on the balcony to bid him farewell. Um... So, yes, Andrea's up there on the balcony, but he has to be supported by servants on either side. Yeah. Like, he can't like stand he up by himself. not standing. Mm-hmm. Tonio says to Alessandro that he'll never see him again, which proves that he does understand... What's going on. ...that his father's gonna die. As the boat takes them away, Mariana seems pleased. She's, like, looking wistful, and she's humming. She says she hasn't seen the mainland since mm-hmm. she was a little girl. So, someone has other things on her yeah, mind. I don't think she's even, like, at all thinking about Andrea or she, concerned yeah. about him. She's too excited to be out and doing things. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she, like, does not seem to care about Andrea's yeah. inevitable fate, which is interesting. Yeah, and I can also see her, you know, being the type of person with that illness, having a mental illness. Just, yeah. like, being, like, really out of the loop and not really understanding the gravity of what's going on or... Really, mm-hmm. really being that in touch with reality. Right. Hmm. So right now, she's just a kid enjoying, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh what call it? Vacation. Yeah. Vacation. Vacation time. <laughs> Remember, she is a kid, really. Well, she's... I would say she's in her early 20s, but... Yeah. She's a I'll, woman at this point, yeah. but she kind of was forced to become a woman I would say her being is really emotionally immature. Yeah. Oh, and definitely. having the mentality of a kid. So I think of it as she's a bit of a child in the relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like we said at the beginning of this book, like, Tonio has had to be the parent, basically. She's mm. been the child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, like, really like that concerned with that attitude with her because it seems pretty mariana it fits with her character for sure yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like oh and there's mariana enjoying mm-hmm. herself makes me wonder how she will react when she gets the news yeah i'm pretty curious about that too spoilers andrea's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> all right chapter 19. 19 that was the end of chapter 18 so chapter 19 and we're back to guido Guido. 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 So, Guido has found, speaking of which, Guido has found no worthy pupils in Naples or Sicily. 
There's a promising boy every now and then, but Guido can't find it in himself to recommend to the parents the operation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, hmm. I see it. Like, maybe, like, he's maybe possibly worried about the same thing happening to them that happened to him. Like, right. you like, know, like, you'll take it that from him, but what if the voice doesn't happen? And then what? What's he exactly. going to be left with? It's a sat. That's such a good point. Yeah. It's a sacrifice that they would have to make for the voice but then you know he lost his voice yeah so now what does he have <laughs> good point mm-hmm. i mean obviously that's his way of looking at it <laughs> we know that he certainly has value <laughs> <laughs> you don't need balls to have value True. <laughs> agreed <laughs> okay so even of those boys who were already cut he hasn't really heard one that's worth encouraging so he's still having trouble finding a star pupil. He presses on to the Papal States, which is Rome, uh, and then into Tuscany. He's doing a bit of backpacking, you know, <laughs> having a bit of a trip. <laughs> Just imagining him backpacking. <laughs> uh, by the time he leaves Florence, he has two boys. Um, he leaves them boarded in a monastery until he's ready to head home. God help me. Christ. I need help. <laughs> oh my god. This is disgusting. I need to figure out how to cut these out. <laughs> um, so these boys, they aren't amazing, but they are the best he has heard so far. And, you know, it's getting to that point where it's like, I need to find some people. <laughs> he doesn't want to go home empty-handed. Exactly, yeah. He continues traveling until, finally, in spring, he heads north to, and I quote, the deepest mystery of all Italy, the great and ancient republic of Venice. End quote. So this is how he's gonna he's be going to Venice. Tonio's gonna be a star student. They're gonna meet. Uh, yeah. Guido and Tonio. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, but wait. Tonio can't leave Venice. He's leaving Venice right now. Well, his dad is still around. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Yeah. What did you write for that one? I wrote, searching for the voice. (laughs) Ends up going to Venice. Hell yeah. Well, he hasn't gone there yet. He's decided to go. Well, he's freaking heading there. Come on, bro. He's heading to Venice. He's heading there. All right. That's the end of chapter 19. Now we're on to chapter 20. Which was a short little paragraph. This chapter is literally only six lines long. Yeah. And there's no... Well, I mean, there is one way we could sum it up, but I, I thought we should just read it. Yeah, just read the paragraph. Okay. Genesis chapter 20. Yeah. Quote, Andrea Tresci died in the middle of the worst heat of August. Signor Lemo's immediate communication to Tonio informed him that Katrina and her husband were now his guardians. And Carlo Tresci having been called home by his father as soon as death was certain, had already set sail from Istanbul. End quote. That's the end of chapter 20. And part one. And, oh, I didn't even check. Yeah, it's the end of part one. <laughs> yeah. So, well, for me, this chapter is like a, a one-two punch. It's mm-hmm. like, bam, bam. The dominoes are starting to fall. Andrea's dead. Carlo. And Carlo is on his way back. We're going to meet Carlo. Fuck. <laughs> Dude. Oh, what are you anticipating? Well, that's a good question. Um, I imagine... Drama. 
(laughs) (laughs) I imagine he's gonna be... I could be wrong, but this is how I imagine he's gonna be. He's gonna be, like, playing nice, Uh but secretly... Well, not secretly, because we all know he's a scumbag. But he's... (laughs) (laughs) But he's going to be manipulative Mm. and just not a good guy. Manipulative. Try and take... But I see him... Andrea's bot. Oh, yeah. And I see him trying to, like, win over Tonio. Yeah. Maybe try and be like, you don't want this responsibility, you know? Like, give it to me. Yeah. I'm the older one, you know? I know more. I have more experience. I've been around the world. I know how politics work. And you you can go pursue your singing career. That's what you want, Tonio. <laughs> I see Carlio, Carlo being like that. Carlio? Carlio. <laughs> I'm worried about Mariana. Oh, yeah. <gasps> She's going to get so unhinged with oh, Carlo. Oh, my God. With Carlo back? Yeah. Holy shit. We still don't know what's going on between them two. Do you think we'll find out with Carlo coming back? Will Carlo I have a feeling reveal. he's going to... Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to be proud of, of whatever he's Honest. Done. Open mm-hmm. up the box. Pandora's box. Yeah. He's gonna be like, guess what, Tonio? I... Andrea! <laughs> yeah. Didn't tell you everything, did oh. he? Oh, my God. It's gonna be just like fucking Harry Potter again. <laughs> like, after oh. Dumbledore dies. Oh. And then everyone's like, oh, you didn't know this about Dumbledore? Oh, you didn't know this about Dumbledore, Harry? Oh, did you know him at all, Harry? Did you know Dumbledore at all? Oh, Harry, why didn't you ask? <laughs> yeah, and that's gonna be... Well, yeah, and Harry's all like, Fuck. why didn't I ask him these questions? Like, why am I so selfish? Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, God, yeah, I can see it going doing. that way. Carlo's going to be telling Tonio things all about Andrea and, mm-hmm. like, their family. And Tonio's not going to know what to believe because uh, some of it's going to make sense. And some of it's going to, you know, really make, break Andrea his heart, look, I would think. make Andrea look shitty, I have a feeling. Yeah. Like, I'll turn his world upside down. Mm-hmm. His Damn. whole view, but his family also. Can't change. Mm-hmm. Damn. It's gonna be dramatic. Yeah, it is. How much? How come we're... It always happens. Part two are so short. short compared to part one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just excited for the true story to come out and find out. What's going down? The meeting with Guido Tonio. What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Is it still as exciting for you reading this again since you already know the answers? Yeah, I haven't read this in probably like ten years. Okay, at least. So are there some details that you're like fuzzy on? You don't really remember? Yeah, I want to know. I don't remember exactly the meeting between Carlo and what Carlo says to Tonio. I don't remember exactly how Guido and Tonio eventually meet. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Sorry. <laughs> hey, we all knew it was gonna happen. We knew it. Yeah, we knew it was gonna happen. Um, is there any big thing that you don't really remember at all? Yeah, <laughs> there's a big. Well, I said this was a tale of revenge, and there's a big thing that happens. No, I mean something you don't remember. Like reading it. Never eh? mind. <laughs> you don't uh, understand my question. No, I don't. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Mm. 
not going to stretch out this episode too long like we did a couple episodes ago. (laughs) Oh, man. Was that painful? Cut to 30 minutes later. We're just, like, talking about trash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, That is... Wow, we've done 20 chapters. Yeah. Cry to Heaven. Let's see how far along into the book that is. That's about... One-eighth? Okay, it's more than one-eighth. Okay. Maybe a one fifth? One-fifth. Oh, yeah? That makes sense. One-fifth of the book. So we're not even halfway there yet, folks. Nope, not even a quarter. Mm-mm. Um, in the next episode, we will be doing... We will be entering part two. Damn! Damn! And we'll be doing the first five chapters of part two. It restarts from one. It restarts from one. That's how it works when there's parts <laughs> in a book. Hey, I don't know. Um, and we're gonna figure out some shit. Mm-hmm. Get this drama going. Carlo's on his way back, so we're gonna have Carlo and Tonio meet. It's gonna happen. It's Dang. exciting. Yeah, exciting. but I'm also nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. for listening. If you've made it this far, then we commend you. Commend you. Good job. <laughs> and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you're having a good time because we are. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because we aren't. Because <laughs> <laughs> we aren't. Stop. I should have made that Why joke. are we doing this? <laughs> At least someone's having a good time. It better be you because it's not us. <laughs> Just kidding. This is fun. I'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying this. Oh. 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 Okay. I have an excuse to hang out with my sister. Oh my god, yeah. The best part. <laughs> that was lame. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was going to continue, but I was like, wait, what did I say? <laughs> I was going to start going into having fun isn't hard. Oh. <laughs> having <laughs> fun isn't hard. When, when you've, you've got, got a library card. card. <laughs> That's going to become our tagline. God. <laughs> All right. You've just listened to this episode of Tea's Good, Books Are Better. Thank you so episode much. Episode four? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Don't Whatever. try and remember it. Don't try and remember. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening so much. And uh, let's plug our stuff. Jess, what's your Instagram? Jess.egan24. Mine is Crimby, so you can follow us on Instagram. Um, also, if you want to check out my website, you can do that. It's ravenegan.wordpress.com. Check um, it out! Yeah, you, on there, if you check out my perfor- portfolio, portfolio, you can read my published short story. Read it! It's called 2088 Adam. Um, I'm pretty proud of it, so give it a read. Give it a read. Mm-hmm. It's a speculative fiction short story. It's about a car Mm -hmm. and an automated house. Takes place in the future in the year 2088. AI. Yeah. AI. If you like that kind of stuff, you should enjoy it. Even if you don't like that stuff, you might enjoy it. I don't really like that stuff and I wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) And I enjoyed writing it. So, Alright. Thank you 
for listening again for the thousandth time and we should just sign off now <laughs> see ya bye <laughs> see you next time bye no you hang up first no you hang up <laughs> no you hang up no you hang up <laughs> alright no one's listening anymore <laughs> bye <laughs> And these endings are like so awkward.